Welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Olson, also known as T-Roll, and I am once again joined by my good friend and co-host, Benjamin Weber. Ben, how you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Do you like another episode? Do you like it when I call you Benjamin, or do you want me to stick with Ben? Yeah, I'm having some flashbacks. Uh, (laughs) Usually, uh, when I was growing up and in trouble, that's when I got the full name. Really? Wow. Okay. Well, I won't. I won't bring any trauma your way, man. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into it, man. So last week we had the opportunity to talk about growing in your walk with God in the middle of a pandemic. And today we're still in a pandemic, right? We are going to talk talk about impacting others in the middle of a pandemic. So how to leverage your time, how to leverage your life, how to leverage everything about um, yourself to impact others and impact those around you. Um, so Ben, why is this so important for us to talk about? Well, we talked about last week how the assumption is that because sports are canceled, our social life is canceled, we're going to virtual learning, that, that we can just chill this semester. And, and we just remind you that there are some new obstacles, uh, living, existing during a pandemic, but there's also new opportunities. And this can be a semester that we maximize not only for personal growth, but also when it comes to influencing others. So the Great Commission still applies even in the midst of COVID-19. There you go. That's good. Okay, so if we want to reach our classmates, if we want to impact other people, those around us, our friends, uh, where should we begin? Well, I think the first is recognizing that this is an opportune time to influence our classmates. I was recently reading a statistic that came out from Faithwire. I'll just read it for you. It says this, 21.5% of non-Christians began reading the Bible and listening to online sermons during this quarantine. Jeez. And yeah, that's a, that's a big time stat. And so what I would just suggest is this is not the time to retreat, but engage our friends who don't know Jesus. Mm, yeah. We don't want to uh, withdraw because for most of us, our life has been disrupted, has been unsettled by COVID-19. So you can think about it this way. We, we've all built our life on something or someone, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you would say, my foundation in life is my relationship with Christ. But here's the thing. Even if you don't know Jesus, you still have built your foundation on something. Uh, most of your classmates, it could be the sport they play. It could be uh, a future job or a current internship. It could be a relationship or even their reputation on campus. And what COVID-19 has done in just a moment, it has removed all of those things. Yeah. So most of these students are seeing cracks in their foundation. And they're saying, if I can't build my life on my sport, then what am I going to build it on? If this organization that I was a part of is going to let me down, what am I going to build my life on? And so this is an opportune time to come, come alongside and first and foremost, not give advice, not provide solutions, sure, but ask questions. Okay. They yeah. ask questions. Uh, the Proverbs tell us that the purpose of a man's heart are like deep waters, but a man of understanding can draw them out. So if you want to draw out the purpose, the foundation, if you will, of the students that surround you, we have to learn how to ask good questions. Yeah. And you know who's a master at this? Let me guess. Jesus. There you go. When in doubt, say Jesus. In the Gospels alone, the Gospel writers recording Jesus asking 284 questions. So here's what we see about Jesus. Jesus, no doubt, he is our Savior, but in communication, uh, he didn't always immediately answer questions and provide solutions. He asked questions that would unsettle people's soul. This was his really 
primary means of evangelism. So people are anxious, they're nervous, they're confused, they're overwhelmed, and so this is the time to ask questions. I want to give you a couple practical questions to be asking your friends. First is just not, not just the Southern, how are you doing? That is formality, but how are you really doing? Yeah. Uh, how is COVID and social distancing really affecting you? Uh, number two, a question I've been asking you regularly is, what do you miss the most? Um, what, what, what have, where have you experienced loss as we've moved away from the normal uh, ways of life? Or what's been most difficult about this experience? Mm-hmm. And number three, the question I've been asking a lot of people is, what are you learning about yourself? Uh, what, what, what's the good, the bad, the ugly? As you look into your own heart, your own mind, what are you learning about yourself? And then finally, uh, and this is one for someone who might be a little more spiritually inclined, but what is God up to in your life? Okay, what has God been doing? What has God been up to in your life? Yeah, that's good, man. I think it's just so, you know, so many times a young Christian will come to me and they'll say, man, I want to impact others. I just don't know how. And they kind of seem overwhelmed by it. But just learning how to ask simple but good questions goes so far. Absolutely. So I think that's good, man. So how about this? What about the Bible? Any Bible verses you can think of that give us some good perspective on how to impact others? Very good. Very good. T-Roll, you're, you're an excellent CO staff person because you said, I don't want your advice, your opinion. That's right. Take me to the Word of God. <laughs> and so th- there are several places I could go in Scripture, uh, but the one that stood out to me um, is an experience that the Apostle Paul ex- went through and endured where he was actually locked up, placed in prison. And here's what we see. We see that the gospel does not spread in spite, but through his imprisonment. Mm. So actually, most of the letters that Paul wrote are called prison epistles. These are letters that he wrote from prison. And one of those is the book of Philippians. And in chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says this. He says, I want you to know that what has happened to me, he's referencing his imprisonment. He says, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Paul's imprisonment served to advance the gospel. In the next verse, he says this, It has become known through the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So here's what we know about Paul. He is uh, falsely accused. He's imprisoned for his gospel ministry. And even though he's locked up in jail, and I think you and I, most of us would think, if you're going to lock up a dynamic preacher, church planner like Paul, the church is going to suffer, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Gospel proclamation will diminish. But we actually see the opposite because Paul says, first and foremost, the whole imperial guard knows the gospel now. Hmm. And more than likely, here's what Paul was doing uh, back in Roman prison because Paul was like a VIP prisoner, if you will. He was more than likely chained to a Roman soldier or member of the Imperial Guard. And so instead of complaining, grumbling, and saying, I can't believe I'm chained to somebody, guess what Paul's mindset was? I can't believe it. I'm chained to somebody. What an opportunity. What an opportunity yeah. to share the gospel. So this is how we got to view our relationships. Either, you know, uh, I, I think if we're thinking about ourselves. We would say, I'm not literally chained to people, but if I'm living at home, it might be my siblings or my parents. If I'm on campus, I've got roommates, and I feel like I'm around them all day, every day. And when we're fixated ourselves, we tend to think this, I'm chained to so-and-so. What an inconvenience. But we need to be more like Paul. We need to focus on others and say, I'm chained to this teammate, 
to this roommate, to this family member, what an opportunity. Because this yeah. person, this person is not a nuisance. This is somebody who needs to hear about Jesus. This is not a relationship for me to endure, but this is someone I want to engage with the gospel. And, and here's what we see. As we do this, Paul not only influences those he's chained to, but he also influences the churches that he started. Because he says the brothers, okay, he's not talking about his biological brothers. He's talking about the church, his brothers in Christ. He says even they are more bold to speak the word without fear. So here's what we see when we take advantage of sharing the gospel with the men, the women, our friends, fraternity brothers that we've been chained to. It inspires others to be serious about gospel proclamation. Yeah, man, that's so good. And I, and I, I think my, my prayer is that the students that are listening that take the risk to try to impact others in this time, that they would see, you know, they might not be like Paul per se, but they, they would see uh, how their labor can really uh, bless others and, and multiply into other people. You know what I'm saying? So That's right. I, I, I think one of the things we, that Paul really understood were these deep theological phrases like the 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 sovereignty of God yeah or the providence of God what Paul recognized is God has placed me in this jail cell he has chained me to this imperial guard for a certain reason and so to our college students I would just say the same thing okay God is in control and he has chosen you uh to be a roommate to this person to be the son of these parents yeah okay to attend this university have certain teammates or people who play your position. God chose you and you alone, and he's got a responsibility and task for you. And he chose you because you were the best person for the job. That's so good, man. So what sort of let's take it kind of another layer deeper. Any sort of like real just practical tips you would give? That's right. I mean, we're not in a literal prison. Sure. Okay. <laughs> it uh, feels you, like it sometimes. Some days it feels like it. You know, if, if you've been exposed to COVID and you went oh, through the man. mandatory 14-day quarantine, it might have felt a little bit like imprisonment. Sure, yeah. But let's get practical. I'm just going to give you four things. And, and, and the first one builds off what we talked about last week. We, we, we talked about uh, spent sharing one meal with somebody else that's each right. and every yep. day. And we said that's not only good for your own personal, emotional, relational health. But, but I would just say this. This is actually a very effective ministry strategy. Uh, the way I phrase it is never eat alone. Okay, never eat alone. I was actually reading a book recently by an author named Tim Chester, and he said this, that Jesus didn't run projects, he didn't establish ministries, create programs, or even put on events. He says, Jesus ate meals. Hmm. And if you think about it, that's what Jesus was doing. So we want to show hospitality. And you might say, I'm not much of a host. Ben, I can barely cook. Well, can you microwave? Can you order some pizza? That's right. Can you order (laughs) pizza? Can you flip a burger? Can you bake a piece of chicken? And so we've got to remember at one point we were strangers, we were foreigners, we were aliens, and Jesus initiated, reached out to us. And i got to say, especially for the freshmen on our campuses, they, they came to their university expecting to build new relationships, form new friendships. And what they found is that it is exceedingly difficult, and they are starving, hungry, desiring new relationships. So we've got to step out and invite people to eat with us. Yeah. That's so, good. So number two will be this is just serve your roommates, serve your family, essentially serve whoever you're living with. So what we've been emphasizing primarily so far is sharing the love of Christ with our words. So using our words to tell the gospel story, but we also need to show the love of Christ 
with our deeds. And so the point is this, if you're sleeping till 2 p.m. every day, if you got a pile of laundry, if you're the guy who's always, you know, leaving dirty dishes in the sink, you're not going to win an audience for the gospel amongst your roommates. So what Mm. if Mm. you just said, I'm going to, I'm going to serve my roommates. So even if, you know, the nasty frying pan that my roommate uses to cook it, cook his eggs, if he leaves them in the, in in the, in the, in the, you know, the the sink, I'm going to clean them up. Uh, I'm going to take out the trash. Uh, When we sit down, I'm going to initiate. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to look for opportunities to serve my roommates. That's one practical thing. Yeah, that's good. Just going the extra mile to really love and serve, man. For sure. That's good. For sure. And then number three would be this. I mean, we have warned and cautioned about the danger of screen time. We've said, look, you've got to limit it. But at the same time, we're not we're not anti-screen. We're not anti-technology. That's why we're recording a podcast right now. Yeah. But we're saying you can share your faith on social media. So here's some practical things that you might want to consider is just be public with your faith. Now, no doubt we have a personal relationship with Jesus. We can know him as a friend, but that relationship is personal. It's not private. Mm -hmm. It's not just between Jesus and myself. We should have a public relationship with Christ. And I would just say this. Um, whether it be just posting Bible verses that you read each and every day, um, sharing prayer requests, sharing things that the Lord is revealing to you through your study of the Word. Uh, One of the things I've tried to do is, as a lot of churches have gone online, uh, you might have tried to invite your roommates to go to church in the past, and that usually involves putting on a polo or a collared shirt, waking up before 11 a.m. and driving to church. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, now guess what you can do? You can pull out your phone, your laptop, and say, join me in the living room, okay? Bring your blanket, Mm. bring your coffee, bring your cereal. Let's watch church together. So I would just encourage people, take your daily walk with Jesus and live it publicly. Uh, Live it publicly in front of the watching eyes of your roommates and your friends. Yeah, that's good, man. Okay, last one is this. Look, this pandemic is not located just on college campuses. It's not just regional or national. It's global. And and we know this is that God is a God who desires worship, glory from every tongue, tribe, nation, and people. And just as you're watching the news, as you're reading tweets, as you're observing headlines, and you see how COVID-19 is affecting different nations, what if you started praying for different countries? We, we know that this is a disease that you know, started in Asia, moved to Europe, and now it's affecting different parts of the Middle East. And what if every time we heard the name of a different nation, different region, we, we, we turned those things into prayer? We, yeah. we are realizing more than ever uh, through this pandemic that this is a global but also connected world. And we serve a global God, so let's turn these things into prayer. That's good, man. You know, the pandemic can affect a lot of things. It can change a lot of things about your life, but it doesn't have to change prayer. You no know, doubt. you can keep praying uh, endlessly, essentially, uh, with all the time we have. Uh, so that's good, man. Okay, so kind of we'll, let's let's wrap it up with this, Ben. I just I just remember so many times, you know, when I was a uh, new Christian, when I was a sophomore. Um, maybe even a little bit into my junior year as well, just feeling like, you know, I have a desire to impact others. I want to see my friends reach with the gospel, uh, my, my roommates, my classmates, but I didn't necessarily feel ready to do it. Like, I, you know, a lot of second guessing. What would you say to someone who's listening who kind of feels that way? Absolutely. And, and I would say you're not alone. 
you're definitely not alone. I, I, I remember being in a similar situation uh, where I'm, just, I'm not ready. I, I don't know enough. I haven't read enough Bible. What if they ask me this question and I hem, haw, stutter, right. and, and, and can't give a coherent response? And so I know every probably, everybody probably has some good reasons for that. And I would just say fo- focus on what you do know. Focus on what you do have. Because if you focus on what you don't know, you'll never feel ready. And, and, and so we're just trying to channel, in a sense, our inner John Piper, and we're saying, let's not waste this pandemic. Uh, yeah. This is a real opportunity. And, and I'm going to go back to Paul. We talked about Paul in his letter uh, yeah, that's right. in, to, to the church in Philippi. Well, in Paul's final letter, guess what? He's writing it from prison once again. Paul says this. He says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. And Paul says this, I am bounded with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. So here's the simple truth. Here's the reality that COVID-19 is spreading. It's multiplying. There's also a second pandemic, just a fear, anxiety. It's Mm -hmm. spreading. It's multiplying as well. The question we got to wrestle with, is the gospel going to spread? Is the gospel going to multiply as well? And Paul reminds us, if death could not stop Jesus Christ, if chains couldn't stop the word of God spreading from a prison cell, okay, then COVID-19 cannot stop the Great Commission. So we got to participate. Come on, man. Got to be a part of it. That's awesome. Okay, well, Ben, thanks so much for your time. And uh, I want to thank everyone who's listening for tuning in. We want to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening, whether that's Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever that might be. And be sure to join us again next week for another episode as we uh, get here and uh, chop it up a little bit. So for my good friend Ben Weber, my name is Tyler Rolson or T-Roll. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We will see you next time.